1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rufino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight is LSU, shuffling up personnel again. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think that they are. We'll talk about it. Some things we're hitting out of practice this week. Some things that Brian Kelly alluded to. And quite honestly, guys, he tells you what he's going to do. But just, it, it's so crazy what Brian Kelly does. He tells you with things without telling you. Right? Like he doesn't, Coach, is Jack Bash going to play a lot more this week? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he leaves it there. He leaves it there. What does LSU do along the offensive line? Does LSU have seven guys that could legitimately play in the SEC? How does that bode well for them moving forward this season? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, Has LSU found found a rushing attack? So something that we spent on a lot this week so far is as LSU continues to go, guys, when you go to the Plains of Auburn, you're going to need a running game. When you go to... Uh, or when you come back home and Tennessee comes to town, you're going to need a running game. You're going to want to keep the ball out of Tennessee's hands, right? You don't want Tennessee's offense on the field 24 7. You don't want that. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. I see Roderick Blake's voice. Ah! It's true. He's not lying. It's true. It's true. Um, Jeremiah Phillips says we're wearing our best Jersey combo Saturday. What What are we wearing? I didn't see. we've, we've, <laughs> we've been kind of busy here this week. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, busy work that we don't want. Um, but I think LSU seems to tend to want to find their running game, but some of you don't might not like the way that it looks. I have an interesting thought. Uh, and want to ask you fans this. I want to ask the fans Something and I want all of you to answer Po oh, oh, so we going full like oh So we going full gangster. We going white helmets purple jerseys white pants white cleats. We're going to Joe Burrow get off my lawn We're going to Joe Burrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw six touchdowns on Vandy's we're going to Tulane gets Jacob Hestered Okay, okay. I dig it. I dig it Um. So we'll do that. We'll talk about that. Something you're not going—I don't think you're going to like it—but it's something that I want all of your feedback on. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from the listeners. I want to hear from LSU fans. What do you think about a specific thing or a specific uh, 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 comparison? Like, so as an example, we'll come out the gate with it. Never mind. We'll come out the gate with it. I have a question for all of you. I want you to answer inside the Rudy Crew chat. We'll do that after. Excuse me, the first break. Also, uh, the Advocates, Wilson Alexander, the best hair in the business. I mean, that man looks makes Johnny Bravo look like he's got a rookie hair. I mean, this man's hair is flawless. I've never seen a man have better hair. Look at this. Look at this. Pooh Bear pull, uh, pulling it up. The Joe Burrow. I. You know what's a slight flex here, Pooh? A slight flex here is the little L on the white pants. That's a slight little flex. And then Joe's got the little tiger t- uh, the tiger rag, the tiger towel. God, he's just, he's just perfection. He's like the, he's like, we should call him like the, the white snow leopard. You, Pooh, from now on, from now, Pooh Bears, our producer, if it's your first time ever listening to us, uh, Pooh Bears in the building with us. Pooh, from now on, Joe Burrow on this show will be known as three things. Joe B- Joe Burr, obviously Joe Burrow. I can't say one of them, so we're going to count it out. Maybe an AYS after dark. But the third one is going to be the White Snow Leopard. Look at that. Look at that man right there. Lee is you too a natty.
2: <laughs>
1: All right. All right. We'll get to that. And we'll go around the SEC uh, for week four. A M in Arkansas. You might not believe who I'm gonna pick in this SEC game, huh? Pooh Bear, you take you taking an AM in the points or you taking an AM AM in the money line? Uh Joe Shiesty. Yeah, Pooh brings it up. He says, no Joe Shiesty question mark. Yeah. Huh. I no, I'm not, you know. No. White snow leopard. <laughs> he's gonna be known as the snow leopard okay so let's get this thing rolling let's get this thing started let's get to a couple comments though before we get do that and get rolling uh Kyle says John Emery needs more touches well Kyle I, I Kyle I get what you're I, I get what you're saying um and I know what you mean but man look I don't know if you <sighs> that's so tough man I mean John Emery hadn't played in the game in over a year and a half I I get I get what you're saying you know, like, uh, but that, that's tough. I mean, as as the season goes on, do they give him more carries? Father Hebert, the AYS father, the AYS priest, comes in here and says, unpopular opinion. Oh, no. Uh-oh. He says, I much prefer the purple jerseys and golf pants and helmet over the white. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, father. Okay. I I Man, I got to be honest. I kind of agree with Father. I love the purple jerseys. I, I got to be honest. I love the purple jerseys. Uh, Roderick Duke, I said. <laughs> Little Joe from Kentucky Street. Boosy voice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Joe Snow Leopard, BDJ Burrow, is, <laughs> is the only guy that has the same... Uh, who looks like him, <laughs> as, as Boosie said, they can walk down his street. That's funny. Pooh, wasn't that the funniest thing when Boosie was going off with Joe like, fuck him up, Joe. <laughs> F him up, Joe. That, that's that got to be the funniest thing that I remember. Oh, Pooh Bear said the line's now down to one one and a half. Ugh. It opened up at four. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. (sighs) Penn Jones sends his $200 for your super chat. says for your dad um fuck thank you pen fuck all right (laughs) poo hit the commercial let's go to commercial break (laughs) everybody will uh everybody hit the like and share uh share to all those facebook groups so many of you are joining us not live now here on facebook do us a favor by hitting the like and share share the everything that you have man everything that you have um If you're listening to us on YouTube or you listen to us on the audio podcast platform, rate, review, subscribe, all of that great stuff, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Pooh, let's talk about our good friends over at GM Vardo and Sons and betonline.ag. Guys, we return in one minute and 30 seconds. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, mono chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at gm if you break down the side of the road in the greater baton rouge area they will come and get you and the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then again gm varno and sons go see them over at 2500 fuller boulevard give them a call at 225-664-9992 225-664-9992 tell me good friend play grafino sit you on by wrong thing <laughs> or maybe we maybe it wasn't man i'm kind of i'm kind of a little flustered did we go through the whole one we went through gm and bet online okay that's on me <laughs> we're back um i was trying to send Penn jones a message pen i i can't thank you enough man you didn't have to do that but thank you thank you so much for doing that bro Un unreal Unreal. um Who said no bet online? Guys, go over to betonline.ag, use your mobile device today, sign up. Forgive me for the beginning of the show. Sign up today, use the promo code Believe50. That's Believe50, and get 50% off your first welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. betonline.ag. All right, everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those Facebook groups, YouTube, all that good stuff. We greatly appreciate it. Okay. So listen, I, 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 I kind of teased this in the beginning, um, and I will do that again here. Let me ask you guys a question. Now there's 280, 300 of you people uh, are, of people in here. Um, let me ask you guys this question. And girls, let me ask you all this question. So LSU went on a 31 to3 run this past Saturday in the second half versus Mississippi State. Would it have been different for you on your perception of this game if LSU would have started off the game with a 31-3 run, doesn't score another point in the second half, and Mississippi State only has a touchdown? That's the only thing else they do throughout the game, a touchdown and a field goal. Would your perception have changed if – LSU would have started the game off on a 31-3 30, to 3 run. How I want you to answer here is, if, you th- if it would have, give us a thumbs up. If it wouldn't have changed your perception of last week's game versus Mississippi State, give us a thumbs down. Like your boy from Gladiator. Orlando Bloom, I think is his name. The reason I ask that is this, because I think we so much forget sometimes about... How long football is as a game, guys? Football is a four a four quarter game. It's not just a first half game. And the reason I bring that up is because Michael Cobble brought up an interesting point, and in, uh, in reference to in reference to, um, asking Brian Kelly about Jaden Daniels. Now we're going to talk about has LSU gotten better in the running game? I think that they have after watching this film. I think that they really have leaned in on this game, or on in this, and I feel like sometimes LSU was pressing and they got away from running the football. Because guys, the truth is they got two, three, two, three, four yards to stop to start off the game. That's okay. You get four yards per carry, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine because guys, you do that twice on one drive or on one series. That's eight yards. Then you're third and two. I just have so many people asking about this Jane Daniels thing. About well, Blake, there's guys running wide open. Well, what's funny was, and Pooh Bear shared this on his Twitter. So at Go Pooh Bear, and a, a g- underscore is in the middle of it, right? So at Go underscore Pooh Bear, um, and Michael Cobble, Then they broke that film down where everybody's like Jane Daniels doesn't go through his progressions. Oh, Jane doesn't go through his progressions. It's so difficult for you to say that when (laughs) there's film of him going through progressions and nobody's open when he's taking off. Are there some things that he's hitting? Yes. So I asked the reason of this 31-3 run if your perception of not only the game would have changed, but does your perception of Jane Daniels change? So if you're up 31-3 at halftime, And Jane did what he did in the first half and Mississippi state made adjustments and you don't score another point the entire second half. How much does that change uh, in your perspective? Because I will, I will tell you, I will tell you it would, it would change so many. So you got Craig Jones in here said, Craig Jones says, yes, it would have changed my perception. So if it would have changed your perception, Why would it have changed your perception? Brandon says, no, it would not have. I liked it the way it was. Coaches made adjustments. Players responded to it and signed that that we are getting better. They never gave up. And I agree with Brandon there. That's so true. That's so true. And watching this film, however, it's really interesting on how much... That LSU has gotten better from a season ago. Oh, boost says <laughs> LOL? Uh, uh, it's your Phoenix was the dude in Gladiator. Not all white guys look alike, Blake G. Willicky. <laughs> it wasn't Orlando. That's not Orlando Bloom. Okay. Oh, this is the guy that played in uh, Joker, right? Isn't this the guy that played in Joker? But yeah. But even from a season ago, they have gotten so much better in the running game when breaking down this film. Guys, I don't know how much more they – I feel like Brian Kelly was waiting for them to respond and have a game like this in the running game and not having to press. It feels like that this team is pressing a little bit. Am I the only person that believes that? They get down early. They feel like they got to throw the football all over the place to get back into the game. Just slow it down a little. Because if you remember, when LSU was up 17 to 16, John Emery, four yards a pop, four yards a pop, four yards a pop. Then eventually you would bust one wide open. It's interesting, man, because I talked about this a little bit last night. And I'll talk, I'll say this again tonight. And we'll get into some of the week four shuffles that LSU is going to do and some personnel changes. Um, What's interesting to me is I've always wondered. So the first thought I had when Brian Kelly was hired, the first thought I had, I was actually with Matt Trent from WBRZ when we got the text. And then the news broke on Twitter literally 45 seconds after we got the text about Brian Kelly being hired at LSU. The first que- the first thing I looked at Matt and said was, bro, if he brought the offensive line and the running game that he had from Notre Dame here with what LSU can get weapons on on the outside, we're going to be very dangerous. LSU's going to be very dangerous. And I think that they are. And guys, I, I, I fully believe that as this season goes on, You're going to continue to see LSU continue to lean on that. I think they might have found something in Armani Armani Goodwin. Can you get uh, uh, Josh Williams more involved? I mean, guys, he might have been a walk-on, but did y'all hear the story about Josh Williams playing basketball in China with Clyde Drexler? Like, the dude dude has a really bizarre story, believe it or not. And that dude fights until every... The last whistle is blown. I'm going to give you a little nugget here tonight. I think LSU is going to try to try to lean on this running game as much as they can this upcoming Saturday. Now, does that mean? Does that mean that? Well, Blake, you know, what if LSU comes out and throws? You know, the first 25 plays, they throw it 17 to 20 times. I'm not really worried about that because I think they're trying to get Jay and Daniels some work. But after that, and if LSU can start blowing this game open a little bit like I anticipate that they could, I really think they want to start getting these big offensive linemen to impose their will on people and show the country, like, hey, man, LSU's here. and the You know, the one thing about Les was is Les was so had the mentality of being so physical that people didn't want to come into Death Valley and play that team. I that, look if you could ever have gotten over the fact that LSU would win a game 12 to 7 or or 13 to 7 or 21 to 7 but this cuz the score never the final score never dictated how lopsided those games were right like Les Miles games never on the film dictated now was Les a great coach no but he won a lot of damn football games i wonder if they get back to that okay we do have a 1999 uh, super chat. Pooh, can we bring that up? Um, I lost it. I can't. I can't find it. Um, I can't find it. So uh, here we go from Travis on YouTube. He says it's 1999 via super chat. He said first heard of you on the on Jordy Holberg show in 2019. Been listening to you ever since. Keep up the top-notch content coming. Best show, in my opinion. Hashtag 337. Thank you, Travis. I greatly, greatly appreciate you doing that. Uh, Jay Woods, man. (laughs) Man. Since it's uh, 99.99 on uh, Super Chat, says, for your dad. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, Guys, I really appreciate, really, really, really appreciate when y'all do this. Pen, pen. I'm going to get in touch with you at the end of the show. And you too, Jay Woods. And everybody in Super Chats. Thank y'all so much, man. It means... It, it, it really does mean a lot. It really does mean a lot. Oh, Lord. Sweet baby Jesus. Look who it is. It's Crying Belly. One of our great... I, I don't even know what he is to us. <laughs> is he a follower? Is he a subscriber I don't don't even know anymore um but um PJ on YouTube says the best part about our coaching staff is that we made adjustments in the second half in the first half Jaden was actively refusing to throw the ball in the first half and he got happy feet (sighs) crying I don't I don't agree with you there you can't have 20 passing attempts and say he got skittish (laughs) I mean, I mean, that's like an oxymoron. Hey, they dropped back twenty-five or twenty-six times in the first half, and he threw what twenty or nineteen or twenty of them. That I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <clears throat> Kenny says on Facebook, conditioning played a huge role in beating Moose State. Absolutely, it did. Absolutely, freaking lutely, it did. No question about it. Uh, no, no question about it. So I, I mean, and you got to give it to him. Taylor Bell says two weeks from now tells you a lot about this staff going forward. I agree with Taylor there. He said, Auburn is blood in the water, and you got to be have a resounding win there. And I agree. And look, getting into this game and attacking with the run, I think that they want to really lean there after what they did to Moose State in the second half. Guys, the truth was, I don't – and this could just be me, but it felt so relieving to be able to go out there in the second half and kick somebody's ass, right? Like, I mean, guys, you kicked Moose State's ass in the second half. They couldn't do anything. I mean, you whipped that ass. Now, let me get into this. I'm going to give you some nuggets – Maybe some things that we're hearing, some things maybe I'm anticipating. And I don't and look, what I'm not gonna do is tell you who I think starting, but I'm gonna give you just some thoughts, opinions, maybe some here things I hear here and there. Guys, I don't know how you keep you take Emory Jones out of the lineup. But the problem is that Anthony Bradford guys is really good. You can't take Miles Frazier out at right guard. And do you really want – if Emory Jones can hold the fourth down at right tackle for the current moment, do you take him out? What are they going to do there? Now, here's the great news. Here's the great news. The great news is is that you can plug and play those young men no matter what. So if Emory Jones does start, I fully believe and and anticipate Anthony Bradford – for a lot of this game to go back into guard, maybe Miles Frazier kicks out to tackle. Kicks back out to tackle. Now, the biggest question, and everybody's biggest question, and Brian Kelly alluded to this today, we'll ask Wilson Alexander this as well when he joins us in five minutes from The Advocate. Interesting that... Brian Kelly's been asked every, pretty much every time that we see him, at least once about Jack Besh. But today when he was asked in the SEC teleconference about him, he goes, man, we got to get him more involved. We got to get him more in the rotation. That's on me. We're going to get him in the rotation. He's going to play a lot. I wonder if he's kind of like fully cleared now. You know, Brian Kelly kind of maybe accidentally let it slip after the Florida State game in reference to that Jack Besh had a a a leg fracture that wasn't too serious, could heal, and he could come back you got to get him involved and something that i really 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 want to see them do is if you're going to throw those little flat screens to Mason Taylor and i'm not saying Mason Taylor is a bad as a bad player he's not at all and i think he's very capable but if you're going to throw and you're going to do a lot of those things and get that guy on space cuz guys go look at the formation Mason Taylor is a slot receiver in that play it's not like he's a, a tight end, he's off the ball, and he's got his hands on his hips and he's trying to fire off, or that he, you know, he's on the line of scrimmage with his hand in his dirt. Guys, he's legitimately on these screen passes and these little flat routes. He's legitimately, legitimately a slot receiver. If you're going to do that, I really, really, really want to see Jack Bash in that role. Because Jack is the kind of guy that you throw the ball out to and you throw it out to him in the flats. And because he's so violent in everything that he does and fierce in everything that he does, guys, that play feels like it's going to go for five. Like he is going to give you everything he's got. Everything he's got. And I think that, you know, Jack is like this this Swiss army knife of what can you really do with him? But one thing is for certain, I really, 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 really want to see him get involved this week because I do believe with him on the field versus Mason Taylor and some of these packages and some of these formations, guys, it's like using Taysom Hill at that, in that role and take, forget Taysom Hill, even remotely being a quarterback because Jack Besh is never going to go in the wildcat. Never going to go in the wildcat, but he's kind of that same type of player he's not a, he's not a, maybe a true wide receiver he's not maybe a true tight end just get him the broody pooing ball it's my fault. That's my thought that's my thought. okay we do have another super chat um uh, from Cry Belly since 1499 thank you buddy. I appreciate it. He said, this is coming out of my miles Brennan fan club funds, <laughs> man. There is nobody on planet earth that loved miles Brennan more than crying belly. This man, I I don't know. I don't know what crying belly did when miles officially retired. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know his King, his King retired. <laughs> It's like you know House Targaryen and Daenerys Stormborn just got killed. Crying was crushed. It's like when Jon Snow didn't take over the Iron Throne. The man was crushed. He said, "Hope everything gets better, Blake." Love going back and forth with you. I know, man. And look, I guys, I can only I, I appreciate it so much. Um, you know, look, my dad, you know. The, the situation we're in with the, you know, his house burning down and the truck burning down. I appreciate you guys, you know, doing this for us. It means a lot, you know, um, it means a lot. All right, one more, and then we're getting to Wilson Alexander. Best hair in the game, so for sure. I wonder if Wilson's is like, man, will people stop talking about my damn hair? <laughs> with Pooh Bear, let us know that Wilson was here. This, you know, does Wilson be like, bro, it's like I wake up like this. Like y'all need to calm down. Y'all need to calm down. Brandon says, saw today that Drew Brees was in the house. Yeah, I did see that Drew Brees was at practice today. (laughs) We wouldn't know. We're were told we can't go to practice during the fall, but it's all good. I wonder, you know, what Drew was doing there. Maybe Wilson can shed some light. All right, let's do this. Guys, let's pay these bills. Let's get to Wilson Alexander from The Advocate. But let's talk about our good friends over at thegramco.com. We'll be back in, in 45 seconds. We'll cut it up with him. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta 8 company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the wake and bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com. Right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com. AYS 25 promo code to get twenty-five percent off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp derived and completely legal inside as the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed. And shipping is very discreet you must be 21 years older to order again that's thegramco.com use that promo code ays25 we're back all right we are joined now by wilson alexander from the advocate wilson i gotta ask you the the question that everybody wants to know all right buddy do you just like are you just like man guys stop talking about my hair is that like a thing you know like you just not want people to ask anymore i mean but it is perfect Look at your hair, Wilson. I don't care. It's all right. <laughs> all right. So we did. We did have a question in the chat. Uh, do you know why? Why Drew Brees, by chance, to start off, was at practice today? Was there anything that that maybe you know or, or not?
2: No, I don't have any uh, insight on, on like a secret sort of reason why. I think it's sort of just that typical kind of thing. Like, I mean, he came out to an LSU baseball game earlier this year. The man's in retirement and. Uh, you know, still close by, and um, this isn't, you know, the first time he's had uh, not even just a former LSU player, but, like, a former just NFL player in general, especially somebody who's a local legend like him come by, and so I think it's just sort of a normal situation like that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I felt, too. I didn't know, you know, if there was anything, like, you know, they did with him with baseball-wise, like, are they going to give him – like a, Sarah, you know, you never know, you know, you never know. But we'll, you know, I, it's good to see him out there. That's for sure. Wilson Alexander of the Advocate joining us. Wilson, let me ask you this question. It's been the talking point all week about Jane Daniels. Does he run too much? Is he going through progressions? Uh, look, you've kind of breaking this down. You, you talked about, it and you, I saw where you had tweeted when you had rewatched the game. When you see Jane Daniels in this offense play, and you, you see him run, you see him going through the progressions. I guess, what is your thought after watching this Mississippi State game?
2: It's interesting because I remember at halftime thinking, like, I would love to be able to see from his eyes what he's maybe seeing because it looked like there were so many open receivers and he was just sort of double clutching it a couple times and and not getting the ball out. And then in the second half, that kind of changed where it just became a lot more dynamic. And and he was running when maybe the progression, like in a way, like Brian Kelly said Monday, it, it was part of his progression where like the receivers weren't there. And then he was taking off. And you were seeing him kind of at his best in that moment. It's such a fine line that LSU kind of has to thread here with him because that running ability is special. I mean, there's not a lot of quarterbacks in the country who can run like he does. I mean, he's got these long legs. He's so smooth and fluid with it. He's able to break contain in a split second. It's hard for defenses to defend that. At the same time, you look back at the tape, and there are some throws that he's got to make. Um, that Helps you to get better and continue to evolve as an offense. Um, but yeah, LSU has got to balance that because you don't, as Brian Kelly said on Monday, want to get him overthinking things and then not make those runs when they're there and when he needs to. Um, but at the same time, there's certainly pro- there's probably like four or five plays in that Mississippi state game where he should probably throw it instead of run it. Um, or the, or he just threw an incompletion. And if LSU can get those, like, four or five plays, then this offense takes a really big step.
1: And in your opinion, when you talk about getting to that next step, are you, do you think that at the end of the year, if they're able to start doing that, this is a 9-3 potential New Year's Eve bowl type of team? Or, or is that kind of pushing it?
2: It might be pushing it at this point. I mean, New Year's 6 bowl game, that that's a really – if, if this LSU team – with where it was just a few months ago back with the, you know the Texas Bowl with 39 scholarship players, if, if a team went from that to a new year six and one year, it would be probably one of the, the most remarkable turnaround in college football this season. It's a lot to put on a team three games into a year, so it's maybe pumping the brakes a little bit on that. But <laughs> you know, if he can't, if they get to that point that nine three is feasible, it's still tough because I mean Tennessee looks like a good team, Ole Miss looks like a good team. We know what Arkansas is, a who knows, but it's still certainly tough on defense. And uh, I think maybe those games that become – that are all looking kind of like toss-ups, maybe you just start to feel better about LSU in those situations.
1: So, Wilson, you know, I agree with you so much there in reference to if he hits four or five more of those reads. And even in Florida State, in the it was kind of like the tale of two games, right? You're not able to take over Florida State. You're able to take over Mississippi State and ultimately win. But something we talked about earlier to kind of start off the show, it seemed as if though the LSU kind of took a step back, was relaxed, and kind of stayed inside their own game plan and running the football. In the second half, it seemed like they were able to kind of get that going. When you went back and watched it, and you were watching it even in the game, how did you feel about the running backs outside of Jaden and this offensive line when they were able to run the football?
2: Brian Kelly talks a lot about run efficiency and sort of being able to run when it matters. And for him, that's in third on third down and short and at the goal line. Um, and he wants to average, you know, four yards a carry. LSU is not averaging, or uh, at least in this game. That's well, okay, Armani Goodwin averaged more than four yards a carry, but a lot of that came on that one giant run, which obviously it matters and it's important in the context of everything because I guess it gets to what sort of a long way of answering this question, LSU was able to run the ball when it mattered at the very end. They wore down Mississippi State eventually in the second half, and Armani showed his explosiveness with that 47-yard touchdown. we got to see more of that, though, and that's got to get going maybe a little bit earlier because eventually, once LSU kept leaning on, leaning on, leaning on Mississippi State, it broke. Um, But... There's some, you know, third down in shorts that didn't get picked up earlier in the game that they've got to be able to get to keep drives moving, get that offense rolling in the first half that we haven't really seen. So there's, a, I think, a bit of a ways to go for the the running game to kind of make that evolution and get to the point where else can really align it. This is not going to probably be a run game where you think of traditionally with LSU. I mean, LSU, as Brian Kelly said earlier this year, does not have Leonard Fournette in that backfield. <laughs> it's also, I mean, Jaden Daniels is kind of your running game at this point, but it can continue to evolve to the point where it's closing out games and doing so maybe in even a more dominant fashion. But we started to see that against Mississippi State, and that is a good sign.
1: Wilson, I, I, I came up with a hypothesis, and I don't know how true this is or not, but it's just the way that I feel at the current moment after seeing three games. Malik Neighbors obviously didn't miss the spring. Brian Thomas didn't miss the spring. Jack Besh didn't miss the spring. There were a lot of guys that didn't miss the spring with Jaden Daniels came to LSU. The one wide receiver they did, obviously, that's high profile is KeShawn Boutique. I don't think spring practice is as big as some people make it to be, but I don't think it's as small as some others think it is to be, too. There seems to be a little bit of a miscommunication or maybe a lack of trust at times between Jaden and KeShawn. Do you think it's just because they don't have a lot of time together, maybe like Jaden had with Malik? Because obviously the third downs and the fourth down on the inside fade, you go to him. Am I reading too much into that when I when I see that?
2: Maybe not, but it's hard to say with any sort of definitive answer. It is the situation that kind of leaves you scratching your head, and I kind of wrote about it today, actually, sort of how Kayshawn is. I mean, they targeted him 19 times. It's the most on the team. But in these games against Florida State and against Mississippi State, He's got a total of five receptions, and he hasn't even cracked 100 yards receiving through three games, and that's just not what you thought you would get out of Kayshawn. He doesn't quite look as explosive as he did before the injury, um, but at the same time, like, yeah, that like him and Jaden's timing just seems kind of off. It, it's kind of a bit peculiar, but at the same time, I think something very important to remember is what Brian Kelly said after the game Saturday, that Kayshawn is getting a little bit more double coverage, getting bracketed, uh, has getting that you know defense putting help over the top against him more often than anybody else LSU has at receiver, and that's opening things up, especially for Malik Neighbors. Malik's really the beneficiary of that, and so also at the same time, I think yeah, Jaden and Malik have a trust and, and there that has been developed, however it's been developed. And um, but yeah, LSU's got to get to a point where both Kayshawn and Malik and then everybody else in that sort of cast of wide receivers. Is all kind of clicking not at one time because right now it's like one guy's going and then another guy's going and it's not at the point where they're all simultaneously firing on all cylinders.
1: Two more offense. I want to get your your thoughts on this defense. Uh, Jack Besh was talked about today when Brian Kelly with the, in the SEC teleconference. You read much into that. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on when Brian Kelly says we just got to get him more involved? Or do you think that he maybe wasn't involved in the first three weeks because of injury? Or how do you take what Brian Kelly said today about Jack Besh?
2: Well, he certainly wasn't involved too much in the first game because he was still coming off that stress fracture that limited him for most of preseason camp. I mean, he he was not out there mm-hmm. uh, much practicing fully until like the very end of preseason camp. And so... I think that affected his usage in the first game. Brian Kelly said we were wanting to take, you know, us. he was wanting to bring him on slowly to make sure nothing happened. But now it has gotten to the point where it's like, okay, why isn't he sort of in the rotation? And Brian Kelly said today, it's Jack has done all the right things. It's on an injury thing that as coaches, they have to make a better effort to get him involved. And so we should probably start to see that this weekend. It'll be interesting to see exactly how they do, because there are so many talented receivers in this group. It's like, who gets less snaps in order for Jack to get more. But a talent like that who had such so- the freshman year that he did, who brings as much as he does, especially in the underneath kind of stuff, it would probably be an asset on the field. I mean, you just got to think. And so I'd expect him to get more, a little bit more playing time and get involved. Because uh, he, he was actually on the field early against Mississippi State. Right. One of those drives, he was there. He got it targeted pretty early. Um, Jaden threw it behind him. And then he just really wasn't on the field much anymore.
1: I agree. I, 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 you know – it's interesting. I wonder how bad that it, you know they were kind of limiting him in reference that stress fracture. You know, I that's such a iffy thing. Like, do you play him? He gets hurt again. Then what? You know, like it, it's kind of like the the double edged sword there. Wilson Alexander from the Advocate joining us. We'll let him tell you where you can follow all of his stuff uh, at the end of this. Wilson, the offensive line. I, I don't know what you do anymore. I, I mean, do you bring you insert Anthony Bradford back in? Do you leave the true freshman right tackle, Emory Jones, in there? Do you leave Miles Frazier at right guard? It seems like the left side, though, is is pretty much solidified with Dellinger and Campbell, and now with Charles Turner at center. What, if anything, do you think Brian Kelly does on this right side of this offensive line?
2: It seems like the only spot that's left to kind of figure out is right guard. The way that Emory Emory Jones graded out as the fourth highest graded tackle in the SEC um, in an SEC game in his first start, according to Pro Football Focus, that's not something that you take out of the lineup after he played like that. Uh, you know, I was zooming in on a pick. We don't get to go to practice during the season. That's so the Brian Kelly rule. And uh, they put out some pictures today, and I'm, like, zooming in on this one of on the offensive line. <laughs> like, Let's see right tackle. I did there's the like a, same
1: thing. <laughs> there's, like, a
2: five. And I'm, like, okay, well, I guess that's probably Emory Jones in a right tackle. Um, but I, am like, couldn't figure out who's playing right guard. And right guard's the only position I think they got to maybe make a decision with. It might end up just being a rotation. You know, we saw this—you rotate a lot. And Brian Kelly said they would rotate a lot on the offensive line through the first two weeks. Then they got, then they didn't at all wow. against Mississippi State, which was kind of interesting. Trayvon Shorts didn't play. Cameron Wire didn't play. And obviously Anthony Bradford was, was out for that game. Now that he's back in here. He'll certainly, I think, have a chance to take back over at right guard because he's got the physicality that Brian Kelly likes at a guard position. He wants some road graders at that spot. And Anthony Bradford is 345 pounds. That helps. Um, <laughs> but he's probably going to have to overtake Miles Frazier Ford, And maybe they just end up kind of using a rotation. But I feel like your offensive line is actually kind of getting close to set if they can continue to play well. Um, you know, there's probably going to be some fresh mistakes here and there for Emory and Will. But the way they play Saturday, you got to leave them in there, at least for now.
1: Right. And, and Wilson, I don't know about you, but I, this, I could live with a freshman mistake if the other 99% of the game or 98% of the game, he's going to be fine out there. At right. Tackle. Right. Like, I mean, if he's going to be fine that much, I, I can live with that uh, sooner. Let's go over to this defense. Now, Matt House was given the game ball by the team at the end of the Mississippi State game. I, you know, Wilson, I, I don't. Mean this in the wrong way, but when you come from one coaching staff that really wanted to run man coverage and didn't want to change a lot to Matt House that gave Mississippi State a lot of different things defensively, I guess what is your thoughts of Matt House in this defense uh, so far this season?
2: Well, specifically with the Mississippi State game, I was just really impressed by the entire game plan. Watching it again, especially on the replay, it was so interesting what he did because you start, I guess, start like with the front. You know, there was times that he would overload a side and bring pressure that way with, like, Harold Perkins and B.J. Oshilari overloading a right tackle, and that right tackle just stood, or excuse me, left tackle, and they stood no chance. Or, like, Harold Perkins would be rushing up through the A-gap, so there was kind of these exotic pressures at times, but at the same time, on the back end, he was disguising a lot of looks. Sometimes... They would look like they'd be in, like, a one-high safety and then drop into two, uh, you know, cover two. Right. Or vice versa. They'd be, like, in cover – you know, you're thinking if you're Will Rogers, like that's probably cover two. And then they drop into, like, man with one-high safety. We saw it on a fourth down in the second half. The only time mm-hmm. Mississippi State went for it on fourth down. LSU, I think, was in zone – excuse me, in man coverage. And Mississippi State called a timeout. And then when they actually snapped the ball, LSU drops into zone. zone. Jay Wood right. breaks up the last big play in that game. And so – what Matt House did was really, really just technically advanced, and, and smart. And they also, clearly, the coaching staff did a great job of getting those players to fully understand it. The communication on the back end was really good. All in all, it was a, a really good performance. It was interesting because, just to think about kind of where else he's been defensively the last two years, where it was like, simplify, simplify, simplify. It kept being what they would go to when there was problems. This is actually more complicated. Um, but LSU's players picked it up really well, understood all their assignments and what they are supposed to do, and just, I mean, had a phenomenal game, especially in the second half. Are you
1: surprised at how drastically the communication has gotten better defensively from one season to the next? Because I am. I'm kind of blown away, if I'm being honest. Yeah, a little bit, and and
2: especially because – you're almost working with like a bunch of mercenaries in the secondary. <laughs> right. Yeah. You've got all these guys who are transfers and they've never played before. And that's something I asked Jarp in our conversation about yesterday. And he said, well, you know, we get time on the practice field together and we hang out outside the facility some and we're watching film and everything. He kind of downplayed it. But it is impressive that they've been able to build that communication and play well in a secondary that had never as a group played together. I mean, mm. Jar coming from a different spot. Mackay Garner from UL. Kobe Bridges from McNeese. And then Greg Brooks from Arkansas. And we haven't even seen Joe Fouché. Um, they should be back for that Auburn game. And all these guys are, you know, inserting up with Major Burns and Jay Ward. And the fact that the communication wasn't great against Florida State, but ever since they made that change to put Jay and Nickel and Greg Brooks back at safety, it's been good. And, and it uh, we'll see if it can continue to do so when you get into really the thick of the SEC schedule.
1: Wilson, a couple more. We'll get you on out of here. I appreciate your time here tonight. Um, special teams. So I didn't mention special teams on our Monday show, and that the, the chat ripped me alive for not talking at it at great length. Um, I, I, look, man, you you have a number one overall punter in the country that hasn't punted at LSU in his time here. You have Nathan Dyeber that comes in, gets a little nicked up. Obviously, Damian Ramos has been the the kick, uh, been the uh, a place kicker, I guess when you look at the special teams and obviously losing the game on a, a extra point block, I, I, what are your thoughts here? Because I, I think that it, it feels like maybe they're not, maybe a lack of depth at some positions, like you're having to put starters in there. Maybe you don't have enough depth to, to do that. But at the same time, man, you have 74 scholarship guys on this roster. I guess, what are your thoughts when you see the special teams units?
2: Yeah, they're, they're playing scholarship guys at a lot of those right. spots. And, Brian Kelly's – you know, I'll go back to Brian Kelly's answer on Monday that he he said – he referenced that they just have to coach better on special teams a few different times. He said he's got to get involved to make sure Greg Clayton knows if your heels are at the 10-yard line and the ball goes over your head, you just let it go over your head. Um, Greg Clayton, you know, while he's been like somewhat sure-handed, you know, catching those punts, he, he's still, I guess, kind of raw in that spot. And But I don't even put it on him. The things that stand out to me more on special teams are the stuff that – usually don't talk about on special teams. Usually when you think about special teams, it is somebody's shaking a punt or mm-hmm. just flat out missing a kick or something like that. But this has been, against Mississippi State, the returns were troublesome. Mississippi State had way too much room. If Emory Jones doesn't make that really impressive open field tackle, that's his touchdown. Um, and then if there wasn't a holding call that was really 15, 10 yards away right after LSU had kind of taken control of the game in the fourth quarter on that big return, then that's a huge return that suddenly flips the momentum of the game. Uh, Brian Kelly said some of that also Damian Ramos actually has to not hit like when on kickoff um, they, they got to kind of change the style of that those line drive kicks that right. he's hitting aren't quite conducive to um, making a stop you know further up letting the return team kind of get things going too early but a lot of it's just little coaching stuff like little tiny things that got to get cleaned up uh, think back to the pump block and all the muff punts like those are that's little stuff that, that you just can't have happen and if it continues to happen then it's Didn't bite Mississippi. Excuse me. Didn't bite LSU in this game against Mississippi State, but cleaned it against Florida State. And if it doesn't get cleaned up, it will again at some point this
1: season. Uh, We do have a question here from Austin Johnson to you, uh, Wilson. He says, "Are we going to start seeing any of Seven Banks more or soon?"
2: In your opinion, I expect to see him this weekend. Some against New Mexico in the rotation. Exactly how much is we'll have to wait and see until Saturday. You know, we thought that he was going to play against Mississippi State. All he ended up doing was dressing out. But Brian Kelly, I asked him about it again today. Um, and he said that, you know, they think the seven is right there uh, health-wise, that, you know, coming off the hip injury that he had late in the year last year against Ohio State, that he but that, that he's healthy again, that he's getting back, and that they that he should play this weekend. And so a little bit cautious now after, you know, saying that he was going to kind of get in the rotation against Mississippi and not doing so, you're a little bit more cautious to maybe uh, as you sort of hear what Kelly said but you know he said expect him to play against New Mexico and this is the kind of game that it that if everything goes the way it should for LSU especially you can get kind of get him in and get his feet wet in the second half and start to work him into their reputation
1: I lied last one if it is like that because you brought up this point in reference to obviously LSU has more talent at each level and should this game should go the way that some people believe I don't know how to ask this, Wilson, other than, you know, look, Garrett Nussmeyer struggled against Southern. Do you think that this is – if he's able to get in, this is a massive part in his career moving forward like this? Does he have to have a pretty decent game here, in your opinion, to kind of get the naysayers off of him about what happened in Arkansas last year and against Southern this year?
2: It would help it's not going to be something that determines the, you know, sort of the trajectory of his entire career, right. One, you know, whatever, he plays against New Mexico. Um, but it would certainly help kind of restore confidence uh, in him because this is, you know, if you're coming in mop of time, um, be able to handle that well, not throw the picks, just make some good decisions because the tools are there with Garrett Inspire. We've seen his arm. He has an incredible arm, right arm, but it's just a matter of harnessing that. And, I think it's important for us all to remember he is a redshirt freshman um, with not a lot of game time. And <laughs> right. that this is, you know, somebody that LSU's got to continue to develop. And if the coaching staff can do a good job of that, then Garrett Nussmeier can have a really good career. New Mexico game could be a good spot for him also personally if he gets in the game just to kind of get out of his own mind a little bit, just start making the easy plays, let himself let things come to him and just not force anything and just kind of get into that rhythm a little bit for himself. But it's not going to determine, you know, what the kind of career that Garrett and us parents have actually happened.
1: I completely agree with you there, Wilson. Tell everybody where they can catch your stuff at The Advocate and Twitter and all all that great stuff. And I know that you and Leah are going live on Wednesdays at two o'clock. If I, I hope I, I hope I'm right on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, we're
2: we're doing a new kind of live show. I guess trying to get like you, maybe. Oh no, and, man. Uh, y'all better. Y'all are better, better than we me. We there, but we're, <laughs> yeah, we're doing a little live show on you know, kind of on social media and stuff like that on Wednesdays at two p.m. Or uh, people can, uh, you know, leave comments and ask us questions and stuff like that. But, you know, generally uh, on Twitter at WHAlexander underscore, um, it has nothing to do with whales. Sometimes people think I. Uh, <laughs> you you like free Willy? Like, free Willy, like your big Free Willy lover. Is that what
1: they ask? <laughs> uh, <yeah.
2: laughs> but um, the advocate.com, you know, NOLA.com. Um, and then, uh, you know, those, those sort of those, that's usually where our work is. That's always where our work is. So um, that's where I'm at.
1: Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to getting you on here soon uh, in the future. Hey, thanks for having me, Blake. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. That's Wilson Alexander of The Advocate. Fantastic. I told look, Jerry, we only bring good guests on here, bro. We only bring good guests on here. Uh, I did talk to Penn during the commercial break. Um, not only did Penn, who sent us the $200 Super Chat, um, Let me see if we still got this. Penn did send us this earlier. Uh, Our dad, my dad's house and truck burned down. But Penn also sent me this. Pooh, look what I just, literally through the commercial break, Megan comes in here with a package. Look what I got from Penn Jones, dude. Let me see if it, wrong side. Let's see. Wrong side again. Says Manscaped, Okay. Shaves cat shaves cats too? Pause. <laughs> hey, Pooh, is the shave hold on. I'm gonna ask Pooh Bear this. Is, is 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 shave your cat the funniest thing that's ever happened on this show, yes or no? Yes. Okay. This top two and it's not two. Okay, well, cause Paulshub.com hub.com could, could be could be up there. That's that's number two. Okay. Paul's up number two. All right, so yeah. if if a your cat. <laughs> you know she unfollowed me on all social medias. I went and looked at the lady. Uh Kim, I think her name was. She went and followed us. But she had a cat in the photo. And then she said, Well, yeah. it's not my cat. Well, who has so who has a cat that's not theirs in their profile pic, <laughs> Pooh. Mm-hmm. So listen. <laughs> I I have never listened. I'm not going to take a picture. Listen, if you take a picture with a child and someone says, Oh, you have a lovely child, and you say, That's not my child, I'm calling the authorities to get you arrested. DCFS. I'm calling DCFS. As I said last night, jail. If you're taking a picture with somebody else's cat, I mean, and proudly displaying this cat, and you.
0: And you you and you say that's not my cat. <laughs> Something so wrong. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right, let's do
1: this. <laughs> oh my God. We told that I told that woman to shave her cat dog. Oh shit! All right, let's do this. Let's go to our last commercial break, uh, and then we'll, we'll we'll start closing it out. But let me talk about it to you about a good friend, John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage, GMFS changing lives if you're buying a new home saving money on the mortgage that you have now or even doing the cash out refi the timing has never been better get in touch with john pad from uh, from gmfs mortgage today 225-614-1234 that's 225-614-1234 he might be able to save your money so you can buy more cat supplies <laughs> <laughs> in the future, uh, tell them that your good friend Blake Rafino sent you on by. All right, let's pay these last bills. Let's talk about a good friend Carol Falls over at State Farm. We're back in 30 and 40 seconds. Close it out. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. I don't even know how to poo. I don't even know how to close this show out now. I mean, because the whole chat is just going crazy. You got Arthur in here going, meow, meow. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Then you got LSU through and through. Shave the cat was hilarious. <laughs> you ever heard of Meemaw? What about me? <laughs> me- oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. My God. oh. Y'all are killing me, Ryan said. Who has a cat I can shave? Ryan. Now, now it's just getting weird. Now, now it's just getting weird. Um, through and through says, "How do you feel about pulling a commitment from?" Sam- I, I, I'm going to butcher his last name, I, guys. I'm not going to even try it. I, and I, I Mpimba, Um Samuel Mpimba, Uh We have a visit lined up. Yeah, he <laughs> he did. Um, I was told Tuesday what's today guys is it Wednesday Pooh. I was told that he had to reschedule um that visit to a later date um so we'll see uh one last one and then we'll we'll, we'll start closing this out he said Blake I called you seven on 97.7 and Ruston today sounded good brother keep on spewing that knowledge bud go Tigers thank you so much um poo we might do this I might hold off on the SEC uh i <laughs> Ryan deserves to go to jail. Ryan's too horny to be in this chat. (laughs) Oh, my God. James Zell says, here, kitty, kitty. (laughs) All right. I'm I'm done. I'm through. We're out of here. See y'all tomorrow. I can't deal with it. Here, kitty, kitty. (laughs) (laughs) Meow. What kind of Hello Kitty shit is this? (laughs) All right. We're out, guys. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Peace out.